I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with TV personality and author Daphne Oz. Daphne's been on the Marilyn Dennis Show numerous times over the years, and we always have such a great time together. We're going to find out how Daphne is doing as she isolates at her home in New Jersey with her four kids, all under the age of seven, her wonderful husband, her three siblings, and her parents. Her dad, of course, is Dr. Oz. So it is a full house. And she's got some great tips and stories on how she's getting through these challenging times. Okay, let's talk to Daphne Oz. Daphne Oz, how the heck are you? Ah, it's so good to see your face. You're oh, you're like a ray of sunshine always. I, you know what? I have I have no complaints. I um, you know, we're going on 6 weeks actually today of being mm. all together as a family at home and um, you know, there's there's it, it's far from perfect. There's a lot of craziness around here right now. There's 11 of us living under one roof, um, oh. but there's a lot, a lot of silver lining to that as well. So I'm trying to focus on that for sure. Okay. Let's talk about the four kids under the age of seven. How are you managing yeah. that, mama? That's the funniest part, actually. So my old my oldest is six, and she's in kindergarten, and then I, my son um, is four, and he's in like a preschool program, and so I am. I have them set up at the at the dining table, and I kind of like shuffle back and forth between the two of them, logging them into several different Zoom meetings every twenty minutes, um, and it's 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 pretty crazy, actually. Their schedules are really uh, cram-packed and don't leave a lot of time for me to, to do anything besides that in the mornings. Um, and it's, you know what, it's been really interesting, actually, I think, for for parents, I'm sure, who were not used to the, and I won't call it homeschooling because it's there's there, it's definitely different than what traditional homeschooling might look like, but, but distance learning, mm-hmm. it's a whole new skill set to adapt to, to ha- try to figure out how to support your kids through that you know, undeniably different experience. Um, and then what has really let me kind of ease up on the stress I was feeling the first couple of weeks of this uh, has been, mm. you know, in the afternoons when their attention's depleted and they're kind of tired and cranky from staring at the screen. And I don't force them to continue with the classes at that point. I take a step back. We might go outside if we can. We might do an art project. We might cook together. We do something that's more in line with like Let's try to enjoy this time together and fill it with as many positive, happy memories as possible to crowd out the the scary and and anxiety ridden surroundings that you know kids are so even not even even if they're not intellectually aware of everything going on they're so emotionally attuned so trying to mm-hmm. navigate that as best we can and then the poor baby so how, she's how, like everybody's I mean, here everybody's in my space all the time <laughs> <laughs> how do you tell how do you tell a six and four year old that we can't do that right now, especially your six-year-old, your daughter. Like, you know, oh, we can't go to the park. How do you, to help other parents, how did you kind of phrase it for her? You know, it's such a good question. And it's one I've asked, you know, every parenting expert and and child psychologist, anyone I can can get my hands on. Um, Because I do think it's the kind of thing where you know, my goal is always to be the honest source of information for my kids. I want them as they grow up to be able to have hard conversations with me and to be able to know that I I will always be there to be their rock and to support mm-hmm. them and to and to be that source of information. But I think that we have to be aware of what is age appropriate and what their cup can really mm-hmm. handle in terms of everything out there. Um, so what I've said is, I, I leave it to them. I say, you know, what do you know about it? Because I wasn't, bizarrely, I actually wasn't the first to share this information with my kids 
as in like they knew that that Corona and COVID existed because of other kids in their classes before um, they shut their schools down. And so right. I said, what do you know? And it, they knew so little. I mean, their question, it's so interesting. Their questions make it seem like they know a lot, but they really don't know much at all. And so I let them sort of air out their grievances or their nervousness or their fears. And then I said, you know, he, I gave them very simple facts. You know, it's, it's, there are germs that make people um, get sick sometimes. But the good news is that you are safe. Mommy and daddy are here to keep you safe. We're keeping really clean. I showed them really early on, you know, the hand washing technique with the ABC countdown so that they are doing it for the appropriate amount of time. Mm -hmm. I got them excited about the agency that they had, the things they could be doing to keep themselves safe. But then I really bolstered that with saying, but the grownups are here to keep you safe and we're healthy and we take good care of ourselves and we're, you know, we're going to make sure that you stay healthy and well. Um, and, mm -hmm. and to the point of like, we can't go out right now and you can't do the things you're used to. Um, I, I honestly have just tried to keep it really short and sweet. We can't right now, but yeah. hopefully we will again soon. And we Zoom yeah. constantly with their classmates. We do FaceTime play dates. We have lots of cousins. We FaceTime with them constantly. My grandmother's actually an ordained minister. So over Easter, we did like a 40-person oh. wide um, family worship service, which was really cool. So just like Get trying out. to do fun yeah. things. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty interesting, actually. Really, really fun. A uh, couple things on that. I, I, I just talked to a friend the other day who said, uh, he and his partner have two kids. One is four months old. One is four years old. He said, you know, oh, wow. he's a hairstylist. Uh, you probably met Jay, our, 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 the guy that takes care of our audience. Uh, yeah, of so course. He's rubbing them up. Okay. So they're at home together. They're usually going here, daycare, the whole thing. And Aaron and Jay both said to me, what a special time. We'll, we'll never get this back. So they're looking at it in that way. It's just the four of them. But it's like, yeah. this is the time to really soak it all in. Am I right? I, I couldn't agree more. And there are um, breathers in the day and just fluidity and like a, a more gentle pace to the day that I don't think any of us would ever have found time for, you know, as working parents, as busy people, as just like fast paced kind of distracted people, generally speaking, that is such a gift um, that, you know, and I think... To be, to be fair to, I'm sure, lots of frazzled parents who are also sitting at home saying, oh. but I just don't like a break for one second. You know, there are, there, there's, a, there's, yeah. there's no separation of space. There's no like me time, That's right. you know, but it's, um, but there's right. so much, uh, there's so much appreciation that I have now for the things that like, the things that my kids would, would love if the rest of my life could look like with them, you know, mom right, here for right, every single right. minute of my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and also I was, I was, you know, throughout this whole thing, you know, talking to all these experts in their different fields and their different lanes, and uh, somebody said to me, "Well, you know, if you can get up and have breakfast together in the morning, and then do one hour of math and one hour of reading, I mean, listen, that's that's a game changer right there. But the kids are going to remember the experience they had with you more than an equation, and I thought that's right on." As you sure. get into the weeks and weeks and weeks. So uh, definitely you're doing that. And it's a multi-generational family in your household right now. <laughs> it is. and I, But just to, just to elaborate on that point a little bit, I've always felt that how you make your kids feel is the only important thing, really. I mean, because they will learn how to read. They will learn how to do math. They will learn all the things that are really critical educationally. But, but they cannot 
it, it, I saw a post about this on Instagram, actually, that was, you know, um, that was actually really truthful and insightful. It was, you know, a message from our teachers saying, I, mm. I will get your kids back on track. I, I can fix or catch them oh, up or good. do whatever I need to do to, to make sure that they're uh, learning appropriately. What I can't do is fix any emotional trauma, any, um, any, you know, feeling of displacement and dissociation that can happen in this in this time. And I think that that's really what, as a parent, we can focus on. And that's where we could be so valuable in terms of just making our kids feel good and have them have um, such happy memories of this wonderful time together. I think that's for sure such a powerful and empowering statement about what we can be doing as parents. Yeah, because I think about years to come when we're at Christmas dinner or Easter dinner or whatever we're doing together, live and in person around the dining room table, they'll go Ooh. reflect back and go, remember the time dad, mom, remember the time dad did that pancake and it didn't go well? That's the stuff yeah. that family stories are made of, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, the, uh, for we, we, I'm the oldest of four. And so it's me, my entire family. So our four kids and John, my husband, my three siblings, and my parents all living at home right now. And to, you know, the memories that the kids are going to have of all this time with their grandparents and all this time with their aunts and uncles and all the crazy, silly things that John and I did to try to, to try to, you know, make do in this time. You're absolutely right. That's what they're going to remember and think back on. And, and, um, and just, I hope, you know, be very, be, be very positive and happy about actually. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of good laughs. Mother's day, 2020. Going to be memorable. What are you planning to do for Mother's Day? When is that happening? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. It's gonna be. It's gonna look pretty different. I think. Well, you know, but at the same time, for for um, for me, I think that Mother's Day really is just a second to like to you know. I love I love getting art from the kids. They do try to make me a meal, which is you know. <laughs> oh, I'd like to make on. myself the meal. <laughs> they they made they last year they made last year they made pancakes, which they actually did a beautiful job with. They really oh, they like nailed know. that recipe. It was great. Um uh I don't know what they're gonna do this year. But I think, you know, again, it's 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 almost like there was sometimes pressure on Mother's Day to you know, go to the brunch and get this like lunch organized and and have it be a big celebration of all the, the sacrifice and incredible uh, you know love that mom gives you all year round. And I think this year we can all take a breath a little bit and just like, you know, give me an extra hour in bed if you can, husband or partner oh. or anyone who's here to relieve me. You know, uh, yeah. that's really and what I care we, about. We, <laughs> And a cup of coffee in the bed would be great. That would be just the best thing Love. you could ever do. Love. Delivered coffee. Uh, let's talk about you're doing your own podcast called Mom Brain. How'd that come about? And I love the name of it. Tell us more. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, we've been doing Mom Brain for about a year and a half now. So um, it's uh, Alaria Baldwin and I host it together. Between the two of us, we have... Uh, almost nine children. She's pregnant with her fifth right now. Um, and oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, we came about because we would have these playdates. Our oldest, Carmen and Philomena, are, are quite close in age and they really love each other. And we would have these playdates and just she and I would just chat about anything going on in our world of mommyhood. And, you know, it's so interesting how even though, you know, our approaches could be so different, our our realities could be so different, our struggles, our our successes could be so different, but but the, the motivation and what we think about is actually so common and so similar. And we just wanted to create a space where we could create this digital village. I think sometimes parenting can feel quite lonely, um, especially, you know, right now we're all so hungry for great you know, little, I, I posted an Instagram story the other day of, um, these 
privacy cubicle dividers that I'd created for the kids at the dining table to, to just like help them focus and not get distracted by each other working side I by side. I saw that. And I, I saw that. It's, I brought yeah. it for you just in case we need illumination <laughs> of what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> I, I literally cut a box in half. Um, you know, if you're like me, you're getting some delivery sent to your house. I cut a box in half, put it up as this divider in front of them. And it has changed my life in terms of them just being able to focus. And I let them decorate the inside and they're making, you know, their own little deck. Like, that's the other thing is kids love trash. Every empty box I have, I give them like empty boxes, corks. Don't know how those got there. Got some corks hanging around and, you know, glue and some pom-poms and things. And they just go to town. Um, anyway, so, but Mom Brain is like our conversations with parenting experts, celeb moms, friends of ours, really insightful, um, uh, you know, parents who I think are full of wisdom and really sound, uh, uh, relatable advice for for all the sort of mom brain needs we all have. And, and Hilary and I like to joke that we're each half of a brain and we put that together, we get one mom brain. So <laughs> that's what we, it's, it's just fun, good times. <laughs> well, I look, I, well, she's, she's delightful. I've not yet spoken to her. But I know that uh, uh, she's been busy with uh, all the stuff that she does and raising all those kids and Alec, too, mm-hmm. you know, raising him as well. <laughs> um, but I, I will say to you, uh, I look at you women, uh, you're, you know, you are raising children. Um, you are also have a you run a business like you are you are con- consistently working. So let me ask you this for all the people out there. How do you do that? How do you balance all that? <laughs> Like, how do you do that and then raise children and then do, because I don't know what the formula is. What's your formula? You know, I, I wish there was a formula because a formula would guarantee success. And I think, um, you know, my answer to this question would look quite different pre-quarantine because I was able to create yeah. some some really nice like focus points throughout my day uh, that would let me get a lot of work done. Or maybe I'd pick a day or two in the week where I would get a lot of work done so I didn't feel that set, that, that what really kills me is the lingering stress. It's the lingering kind of like constant feeling that when you're with the kids, you should be doing something for work. And when you're at work, you should be with the kids. You're missing out on yeah. that. So that was really just tripping my happy headspace up. So I, I, I worked very hard to create boundaries and to create ways that I could bucket my, my productive hours together and then be full-time. I call it, I'm a hundred percent on and a hundred percent mom. And I just try to keep those spaces separate in this time. It's very different because it's much harder to create that schedule for myself. It's much harder to have any separation of spaces I was talking about. And, um, and so, you know, look, I think what I've done is uh, as much as I can do, I do try to set little just routines to my day that do help me structure it. So like my workout is important to me. It's, it's a moment to be in my skin and be in my body and move and, create little strength every day that is mine to keep. I think that's really powerful and important as we as moms have people all around us who need even more from us, you know, emotionally, energetically, it's that much more important to keep our strength up and to take good care of ourselves. Um, And then if I, you know, days like today where I, I was like, you know what? I'm talking to Marilyn. I'm going to put my face on. I'm going to wear a ball gown. I'm going to get out of my workout clothes. (laughs) Just to have a little fun, you know? 
Um, yeah. I think that I, I, I feel very fortunate and very lucky to get to have the career that I have and, and hopefully provide value to, to my followers and people who hear from me. And I think that that's what motivates me to create the hour in a day. And it's, and that truly is like, I get one solid hour where I'm, you know, I tell John, like the kids are yours. You need to, you need to keep control that, you know, I let them go. He's the one that gets to go and do the fun stuff. I take care of all like the homeschooling, you know, you have to hit this class at this, that the other time. And he goes and yeah, plays yeah. soccer with them outside. Um, but that's really been what I've, I've, and I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but no, it's I let know. me keep, keep pace with some of the most, you know, um, urgent obligations that I have. And then recognizing that this is a phase, you know, this too shall pass and, um, and just, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to keep my head screwed on straight as much as I can. So trying to limit stress. So would you miss the most right now? And then I'm going to ask oh. you this next question. What do you miss the most? One thing, one thing. And what is the first thing selfishly that you're going to do for yourself once this is over? They oh, could be these one are of great the questions. Uh, the, well, they're very, they're linked. So the thing I miss most is, and you know, we've been watching a lot more movies. We, we do a family night, uh, family movie night pretty much every night around here. Um, and you know, you take for granted, uh, people walking together crowdedly and going to a restaurant or like strolling the streets of Paris. You know, there's just, for I'm such a travel bug. So the, the thing oh, I miss okay. most is going to a restaurant and eating there and having it be packed full of people and just feeding off that energy and being with each other and having that jovial celebration moment. And the thing mm-hmm. that selfishly I cannot wait to do for myself is go on a trip, just me and John for like two days. I just need a weekend in some city or some beach or somewhere, just the two of us, I can't wait to travel again. That's the honest Yeah, truth. if you're a travel... So are you planning any of that right now? Because so, since we've got some time, you're going, I think I'll just go to Paris and look for a new <laughs> thing to do. Like, some people are like... we had to, Jim and I have had to cancel trips because we had so uh, yeah. many things planned. Um, uh, oh, and for so sure. Go, okay, and well, also, we'll do you wait think- till the next year. Hmm? That, that is, I mean, we, we, you know, put, pumped the brakes on everything that we had planned, which is interesting also, because I think, you know, a month or two ago when you were looking ahead at your schedule for April, like this week alone, I would have been in LA. I was supposed to be in Tucson. Like I would have been all over the place. And I was, I wasn't dreading that, but I was a little bit overwhelmed by how I was going to juggle that. And now it's like, well, you're never going to leave your house actually this week. So you have a different, you know, a different thing to, to tackle. Um, We've pumped the brakes on any travel. I'm not planning any real trips. I am on Pinterest, uh, you know, at my, instead of, instead of just aimlessly doing nothing at nighttime when I want to like settle my headspace, I add to my Pinterest boards. So, um, you know, definitely planning trips in my head, but nothing material as yet. We were talking on the Chum Morning Show, which you have been a guest many times and uh, here in Toronto. And I said to the, my, my group today, I said, you remember the time that we talked that, that gave us great joy is the joy of missing out. Remember that? Yes. That when you go, yes, oh, I, I have a very full schedule and then I cancel and I went, oh, I feel so good. I think, well, you're the one that planned it. You're the one that planned it. <laughs> so now everything's off the board. Everything's off the board. That's for sure. It's kind of a, it's an interesting turn of events. Uh, love yourself isolating tips from my friend Daphne Oz. Number one, give yourself permission to see silver linings. I think, you know, that, yeah, well, I just, it's, you know what, I, I, I give advice to myself because it's what I need to hear. And then if it works for me, it's, it's something I like to share. Um, I think 
that these times are are very stressful and for for many people extremely so and i think um you know if you're lucky enough to be healthy and to and to be and have your ha- family be healthy and be together it doesn't help to fixate on the uncertainty or the you know the long term future or the you know the feelings that we that do crop up especially at night when you're lying in bed thinking like how am I going to, you know, I, like I said, you know, as moms, I feel like we oftentimes end up being the emotional rudder for the family and people look to you and, and feed off of your stability and your positivity. And, um, I've chosen as much as I can do to try to shift my focus, to be on this extra gift of time together. This, like you said, the JOMO, the joy of missing out that so many of us would have, you know, we would have loved a day just to be home two months ago. And it's a different circumstance, I'm well aware. But I think that you have to try mm. to reframe in your head um, just so that you're, because I, you know, the other thing is, I'm obviously not a neurosurgeon, but your mental pathways are like path of least resistance. So if you're constantly going down the mental path of it's hard, it sucks, I don't want to be here anymore, that's going to be where your brain naturally goes. Where if you're, you know, making that conscious effort to shift and to, feel empowered and to focus on what you can do and focus on what is positive, it makes it easier to get your head into that space I found. I totally agree with that. Make routines, as you mentioned earlier, that feed your sanity a priority, like your daily workout. John, go take them to play soccer while I do a little workout. Also, you say rage on the page. What do you mean by rage on the page? So this was such a cool idea that came to me through Gabby Bernstein. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to chat with her. Really interesting, motivational coach, spiritual guide, like just cool, cool woman. She was on Mom Brain a couple weeks ago. I think her episode actually might air this week. Um, Anyway, this was an idea that she shared, uh, which is she sets her timer for 20 minutes and she she just rages on the page. And that's literally just like, a free, a free stream of thought, everything that's going on subconsciously that surfaces, you just are writing, writing, writing. And there's something very important about it actually being physical with like paper and pen. Um, and it's fascinating because your brain is thinking about so much more than you even are aware of. And the it's it, it's fascinating because on some levels, like the things that you think are actually are, are stressing you out or making you anxious or whatever might actually have no relation to the things that are actually stressing you out and making you anxious mm-hmm. or the, the, you know, the things that are in the immediate term that you could actually be addressing. Um, and then on the positive side, like things that crop up and that you remember and that are important to you in some way. So I just find that it really helps me get, it gets me energized. I do it in the morning. It gets me excited. Um, and it also is really cathartic. It just feels like such a total release. And then I don't need to like dump on my husband or my mom or right. anyone, anyone <laughs> unnecessarily. I want to get your phone number. But I'm going to dump it. on you next time. <laughs> yeah. Like, phone me anytime. But the thing is that the thing is it's on paper. You can see it. And then once you see it, you can walk away from it because you've you already put it aside. It. A thousand yeah, percent. I There's like real idea. value in that yeah. too. Just being able to I got it out and putting it to the side onto the next. I think that's so important. Try to avoid too much processed sugar. Boy, I'm with you on that one. Why are you saying that? Uh, yeah. So the first couple of weeks I was home, it felt a little bit like that week between Christmas and New Year's where you're like, ah, it's, time is time is amorphous. Like who knows what's going on? There was a lot of junkyard stuff happening in my body. Um, and it was very easy <laughs> to make cookies every day. It was very easy to to just treat myself. Um, and I think 
it wasn't treating myself well. And I noticed my mood really on the decline because sugar is so addictive and, um, and you know, just easy to fall back on because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And it, as a chef, like I will never give up sugar entirely. I, and I, I appreciate it where it's important, but I think your first step shouldn't be to reach for something that's going to, um, that's not going to leave you feeling good and not going to have, give you optimal fuel. And bizarrely, because it's sweet and wonderful, you think it's going to give you happy, good feelings. And I found it made me pretty negative actually. Um, so uh, focusing yeah, me on too. eating well as much as I can. Me too. Uh, up, 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 down and not Crash. good. Not good. No. Crash. Yeah. Uh, favorite isolation recipes involve what main ingredient? Beans. <laughs> like, like I never knew I loved beans as much as I apparently do. My family's joking that they've eaten beans for like six meals a day. Um, it's, you know, part of it's that we discovered that over the years, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but in my, you know, I make shopping lists when I go to the grocery store, I, you know, I did as you know, used to. And, um, for whatever reason in my head, there's always those items that like, oh, we always need more of, and it was always dried beans. So I looked into our pantry and I had like 10 years worth of stored dried beans up there. So I just started <laughs> cooking with them. And, and um, you know, you make a big batch and then you start putting it in salads and soups and stews and purees to dip vegetables into. And, um, and you know, and I like, I've talked to you on the show before about how I, I love, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm part Italian. I love my pasta, but I always try to work beans into, so I'll put, you know, half orecchiette and half white beans and then top it with the sauce. And that way you get that wonderful mm-hmm. sensation of enjoying pasta, but you also are getting a ton of fiber and protein. So the net result in your body is quite different. Beans, grains, pastas, quality condiments, veggies that hold up, a stock freezer with fruit for smoothies. All great tips from you, uh, which you still are incorporating in your everyday life, right? Trying to, yeah. That's really, um, you know, you're not shopping as frequently. So really focusing on the things that aren't going to go bad terribly quickly. And, you know, the day that we do shop is when we get really creative because I know I'll have a lot of fresh items around. But, um, you know, butternut squash, sweet potatoes, broccoli and other cruciferous veggies, they last a good long time. Um, We buy bunches and bunches of bananas because I feel like even as they start to go a little past their prime, you peel them and freeze them, throw them into smoothies. Or of course, like you've seen all over the internet, everyone's making banana bread like never before. Banana bread is like the national food of April 2020. Um, And you know what, what I do like actually is that it, because it's so delicious and everyone loves it and you've had it 800 million different ways, you can really take advantage of an opportunity to play and make it a little healthier. So like sub in half almond flour or half, um, you know, coconut nice. sugar instead of white sugar. I'm a big fan of the half and half as maybe you can tell. I want the sensation of mm-hmm. the indulgence, but I'm okay to have, mm-hmm. a, you know, I, I love to explore where I can cut out some of the calories, cut out some of the fat or the processed sugar and not lose any of that mm-hmm. sensation. Um, and quality condiments, I have to tell you, I've been, I've been preaching about this. I feel like since, uh, since the happy cook, um, book that you just held up came out because I think people got very overwhelmed by this idea that cooking at home meant you had to make every single thing from scratch, like roll your own pasta dough and all this stuff. And by the way, maybe you have time to do that now. Amazing. And kudos. Um, but I think making a homemade meal that can but benefit from a little bit of a flavor starter or a flavor boost or something like a, a Thai green chili paste, something where they've already, they mm-hmm. it's, it's totally high quality. It's all natural ingredients, but they've done a lot of that heavy lift for you of fermenting or putting everything to, you know, lemongrass and ginger and garlic and everything together that you might not have on hand. And then you build it and make it your own from there. I think it's, it goes a very long way. 
Uh, you have been so good with uh, answering questions on Instagram to your viewers. The last one was a pair of jeans that you were wearing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember yes, that Instagram? Yeah, I, and yes. people, people watch every little nuance of Daphne Oz. And people really relate <laughs> to you, which I, I love that. I, I mean, for the moment I met you, I, I, you're, you're very real and very kind. And we've got some questions from the Marilyn Dennis Show to ask you, if you don't mind. You uh, ready? Me, of course. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is hard-hitting questions. Get ready, Daff. Do all the do you do all the cooking, or does your husband? (laughs) I have my tequila on standby, guys. Just you know, how hard-hitting are we going? (laughs) Does your husband cook at all? They want to know. Oh wait, okay. This is huge. This is like talk about silver linings. So, John uh, did not under normal circumstances, have a lot of recipes in his repertoire. We used to, I remember when we were dating, we used to do these like luxurious, you know, Saturday morning brunches. We would take our time. He would work out. I might like lay in bed for a little while. Then we would go to the grocery store. Then we would come home and make like a three hour brunch. I mean, it was like the most ridiculous, you know, (laughs) lavish spending of time. And now, you know, meals happen much quicker than that, obviously. Um, And he really was not cooking a ton. And then we got a pizza oven that looks like a little micro microwave. It heats up in about two minutes. It's a, it's, it's just this little like Jetsons looking machine. And it got him really excited about being able to make pizza. So he tinkered with that tinker. And now he's like a pizza maestro. He discovered he can make wood fired broccoli in there. We've done chicken in this thing. Like it's crazy how much has happened in this little pizza oven. And he is total chef there. And based off of his success, and this is such a valuable lesson for humans everywhere. Little bits of success always beget more success. And that positive feeling that he had from being good at his pizza has made him into quite the experimental chef of, and, you know, he's not doing, you know, foams or mousses, but he will go and and put together this wonderful, like, meze spread. And he's our Aperol Spritz guy, so he sets up, like, family drinks, you know, in the afternoon. But can you imagine doing family drinks on a Tuesday at, you know, five on a regular week? Like, that would never happen. Um, So he's he's really been chipping in in that way. What what does My he do? I know what you do. Yeah, what's he do? A lot of things. Yeah, he's, he's got a complicated life. Um, no, he works in finance. Okay. Primarily, he okay. is he's just really smart. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he but he's become this pizza maestro, which I'm That's I'm okay. so grateful for. And the kids love it. One of our favorite new recipes, actually, for those of you with little kids who are looking sure. for you know sure. a way to spice up pizza, because I, I do find that yeah. approaching kids with a familiar food and then making it a little healthier has been my most successful way to get them to have a more adventurous palate. So we make the same pizza dough, and I actually mm. um, I'll we'll roll it out and put a little olive oil, a little garlic salt, a little like cheddar or Monterey Jack or whatever cheese you have, mozzarella if you have it, it's great too, obviously. Do the pizza in the oven like that. And then when it's hot out of the oven, I spread a little cream cheese on top. And then I do dollops of um, uh, smoked salmon and capers. And the kids love it. We call it bagel pizza. And they're getting great uh, healthy fats from the salmon, protein from the salmon, feel like they're eating pizza. I don't have to fight with them about it. And it just, it's been a big win for us. It's a win-win. It's a Mm -hmm. Um, win-win. What is your favorite? Would you say, well, I'll ask you this question because this lady wants to know. Uh, she wants to know your favorite go-to snack, Sherry does, but she needs healthy go-to mm. snacks. And we're not talking okay. sticks and, uh, you know, uh, celery. Uh, we need a little bit, you know. Do you know oh, me, Marilyn? Do you know me? Uh, well, you know, look, those things, those things are important. And I, I do think that one thing I've... I've really gotten, you know, I, the last time I got to see you, I was I was announcing my partnership mm-hmm. with WW, and I've gotten really good yes. at figuring out how, mm-hmm. 
you don't need to stick with one thing. Like, um, you know, an apple, for instance, you can have your apple and sort of start to fill up on that and then go and get your small bag of pretzels or crackers or crackers and cheese or like whatever it is, the thing that's really going to make you feel super satisfied. And this was actually a trick I developed Mm -hmm. back in college when I was writing the dorm room diet, because I realized, you know, you'd get to the dining hall every day and they would have, you know, uh, mac and cheese and fried chicken and all these things that I wanted Mm -hmm. to eat. So I would get a big plate of salad first. I would make my own salad dressing. I would eat this big plate of salad. And then I would go back and get a side portion of whatever it was that I was really wanting to have. And by that time, your body has really started to fill up. You're not as ravenous as you were when you first walked in. You're better able to see that one or two or three bites is all you really need to feel satisfied. And that has Mm -hmm. gone a long Mm -hmm. way for me because for me, the biggest trip up is always boredom eating and being at home all day long makes it very easy to have idle hands that do the wrong thing. Um, mindless so eating, mindless the, eating, mindless, yeah. completely mindless. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, you're passing yeah. through the kitchen or the kids are having a snack and then you need a snack too. So I will fill up on, you know, the carrots, uh, or the, with the hummus or the, um, you know, the celery sticks or even just, you know, I'll do fresh tomatoes and cucumbers, a little bit of olive oil and, and some scallions or something. Um, and that will be a fill up, but then I'll, I'll top it off with like the thing that I actually want, like the crackers and cheese. The other thing I really love for movie nights is I've been doing popcorn with, um, I have avocado oil spray. So I'd be normally like a butter girl, but if you're trying to be healthy, uh, avocado oil spray, salt and nutritional yeast, which is great. You know, lots of B vitamins. It's a vegan protein and it tastes like cheese and it's delicious. So that's what I do. Okay. I've got a question from Marilyn Dennis of uh, Toronto, Ontario. Yes. <laughs> um, I have a 11-month-old granddaughter who's adorable. Yes. And I'm going to yes. have to feed her. And I know that she likes to pick things off and likes to, you know, uh, I don't know. How old is your youngest one? Is they're about, they're close eight to months. the same age, aren't they? Gigi's eight, eight months. Eight months, okay. Yeah, very close. So where would, where, where is Everly in 11 months about eating? Where, where, what solid foods can I give her? It's tricky. You know, it depends if, um, if they've been doing like baby led weaning, how comfortable she is with, with smaller to larger bite-sized pieces. Um, but I would, I definitely think by 11 months, she's got some teeth, right? I mean, I, I, my kids get teeth very early, so I don't know. She's got four teeth. Okay. So I would definitely say, actually, you could probably do the banana bread that we were talking about. If she's not allergic to nuts, like sometimes people want to stay away from that. So just do a normal batch of banana bread. Um, you want to stay away from honey until they're a year. But other than that, like soft, things are not going to choke on, just break them off into little pieces so she can kind of gum on it. Um, we love these little nets that, um, you can stuff like frozen fruit into cause my daughter's cutting some teeth right now. So for, we put frozen berries in there and she just kind of like gnaws on it and sucks on the juice from oh. the berries. And that, because they're iced, they really help to soothe her mouth. Um, but like by 11 months, I mean, my, my, we're just about to start Gigi with chicken and beef and, and some of them, some of them like egg, you know, egg yolk and things like that. And there's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say this blank advice for every parent everywhere because I think lots of people have explored different things to introduce and when they want to introduce. But mm. normally for my kids by 11 months, um, you know, little meatballs that I'll chop up to make sure there's nothing chokeable for them and uh, and dipping. Like they're, you know, the most important reason that you're letting them try to start feeding themselves is the pincer grasp and the, and the like fine motor skills of getting the Cheerio to their mouth. Um, yeah. So it's really, I mean, they can start to have the things that you're eating just as long as they're really cut up and nothing dangerous for them and there's no allergies. Do you think you're going to come up with some great recipes for a mom book, like a mom brain cookbook? Huh? Oh, well, I hadn't thought about but, you that, know, because, but maybe. You know, I'm telling you why, because Adam is 32. It's been a while, yes. you know? 
and uh, I don't cook that much. And so how he's living to this day is amazing to me. But he managed <laughs> uh, with his mother being a bad. But I think, you know, now. No, that, you would be an incredible. I can only imagine. Yeah, well, well, just that he's, you know, um, I, I didn't know as much as I know now. And now there's so much more information. I mean, your parents would even tell you that about what mm-hmm. we can give and what we cannot give our kids. So that's something to think about, or at least I'll be watching Mom Brain. That's for sure. Last question. I but have you know for what? You, I, just to if just if I sure. could just say sure, one right. thing because I think it's really important yeah. for parents to hear now and for you too. Like, yeah. Adam did not only survive; he thrived. He has baby of his babies of his own, and yeah. I think that sometimes the pressure because we do have so much more information, so much more access to information yeah. now. Um, there's a lot of competing advice, and it can be very overwhelming. I think, especially for parents of young children who are just trying to like make it through the day. So, my advice would be actually to like take a breath, realize that parent that humans have done this for thousands of years, like it will be okay. (laughs) You you don't need to have every single nutritional category hit at every single meal. Like we got back to in the beginning, how you make your kids feel is the most incredible thing imaginable. Sorry. It's true. It's true. No, 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 you didn't. No, that's, that's, you're, you're, you're giving me like a real good pep talk, you know, because we nanas and grandmothers get, get talking to each other and they're like, oh my gosh, look at, if we had had that one, we were raising our kids. Our life would have been a lot easier, but you're right. There's so much more information that gets complicated. Daphne Oz, I love you so much. I just want to make mention of a couple of things here. Um, uh, Daphne Oz, The Happy Cook is is a book that I love so much. So if you are on Amazon today and you feel like downloading and ordering it, maybe that's not a bad idea. Great recipes in there. Where can people follow you? (laughs) Uh, thanks so much, Marilyn. Uh, yeah, well, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Daphne Oz, um, Facebook and everywhere else. And you can please have a listen to Mom Brain if you are into podcasts. We're on um, iHeartRadio. We're on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, just Mom Brain. That's us. From one podcaster to another, and you're a dear friend, and, and I love your family so much. Thank you for your time today, Daphne. And we'll we'll keep posted, and maybe we'll do another podcast together real soon. I would love that. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Love to you and the whole fam and stay well. Bye, guys. You too. Bye. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.